the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joe Biden is in town. Yeah, he just finished speaking in Lawrenceville, and he's probably listening to this show right now on his way to the airport. How you doing, Joe? Thanks for coming. I just want to let you know I declared today Hug a Stranger Day in Pittsburgh and asked the mayor to get on board. So that's probably why uh, you listeners had strangers coming up to you and hugging you in the streets today. If you're wondering why that happens, because of the um, overwhelming response to my request to make this uh, Hug a Stranger Day in Pittsburgh. Anyway, we'll talk about what Joe said and talk to a guy who will tell you why you shouldn't believe anything he said coming up in our next segment. Meanwhile, because Joe did come to town today, Fox News called me yesterday to talk about it. I was on Fox News yesterday. Here it is. Joe Biden holds his first campaign rally tomorrow in Pittsburgh. Coverage of that here on the Fox News Channel. Last night, President Trump gave his assessment of the growing Democratic 2020 field. Can you imagine? Sleepy Joe. Crazy Bernie. You look at the candidates. I think Pocahontas, she's finished. She's in. All right, to discuss Atlanta-based talk radio host Robert Patillo, John Steigerwald in Pittsburgh. Gents, good to see both of you. Uh, Robert, first to you. Any part of the assessment by the president that you want to disagree with? Well, I think what the president realizes is that he's in a, uh, a strong leadership, uh, leading position right now when it comes to re-election. Since 1900, only four presidents haven't been re-elected. And all of those were during downturns in the economy. President Trump wants to ride in on the strong economic numbers towards mm-hmm. re-election by, by painting the Democrats as being outside of the mainstream. And most of the fringe candidates haven't helped. They've talked about terrorist voting. They've talked about abolishing the electoral college they're not talking about bread and butter issues that the american people care about and that's why president trump has been able to characterize them this way Uh, john you're in pittsburgh where uh, the former vice president is going to be tomorrow uh can joe biden do two things one both avoid being labeled that uh which robert just talked about and at the same time win the democratic primary well people have to understand that uh this is uh this is Democrat country here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Hillary Clinton won Pittsburgh and Allegheny County. Yeah. But Donald Trump crushed her in the metro. And Pittsburgh was the second largest metro for, that, uh, in, for Trump, in Trump's favor in that election in 2016. Do you see any of so, those voters uh, thinking about flipping? Uh, no. That's what, that, I, mean, I mean, the, 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 pol- the polling them- in Pennsylvania has Biden winning a head-to-head against Trump. Yeah, well, that's fine, but but uh, he, I'm, when I say that that uh, Hillary was crushed in in Washington, Beaver, Westmoreland counties, which are the surrounding counties mm. here, and you know Washington County, where I live, is 15 minutes from where I'm sitting right now, and uh, Hillary Clinton got destroyed out there by by Donald Trump. So, unless Joe, if Joe Biden is going to be stay out on the lunatic fringe with the rest of the candidates, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he can come in here tomorrow and offer free shoes for everybody. <laughs> I don't know what else he can do. And except go the other well, way. Jay, and if you, he goes the other way, it's going to hurt his base. There's a big difference here, by the way, between yeah. between the, the, the primary right. and the general. Well, what Biden that, that's for sure, John. You, you mentioned uh, free stuff. The, the vice, former vice president did not show up at a union event in Las Vegas yesterday. A number of his other 2020 hopefuls did, and they offered a lot of free stuff. Just take a listen. We can talk about a minimum wage, and of course we need to fight for 15. But really, that's minimum. We can all agree on one thing, and that is that we have to get to universal health care. Everyone should be able to have health care. I don't take, and I have not for five years, any political action committee money for any corporation or from any organization. We don't have to choose between protecting our planet and creating more jobs and opportunity. I like the Green New Deal because it recognizes that we can do both of those things. All right, you guys each get 15 seconds. John first. Does any of that resonate 
with primary voters in Pittsburgh? Uh, primary voters, maybe. Uh, general election, absolutely not. In Pittsburgh, yes. Outso- outlying areas, mm. absolutely not. All right. Uh, Robert, to you, is, is this the classic quandary for the Democrats? They're going to nominate somebody so far left they can't win the general? Well, I don't think so. I think what the, what the fringes of the party are doing, which is good, which is pushing the conversation. They're putting these things into the forefront. Of course, they'll get tempered down for the general mm-hmm. election, but they are the party of big ideas. Yeah. Republicans can't keep running just on the idea of tax cuts for the rich and trickle-down economics. Well, Democrats are putting out ideas. There's a lot of ideas, a, a lot of ways to spend money, not a lot of ways to pay for it being offered uh, these days. Robert, John, appreciate it, fellas. Great having you guys here. There'll be a lot more to talk about. Thanks, Lou. Thank you. All right, good Sunday to you. And a good Sunday to Yins. And we'll be back to talk about what Joe said today and hear from a guy who will warn you not to believe him. Stick around. Because it's Hey there, gun lovers. Here's an exciting opportunity to celebrate your Second Amendment freedoms at the number one destination for American gun owners. It only happens once a year, so don't miss out. This is your chance to claim your discounted tickets to the Concealed Carry Expo coming to Pittsburgh the weekend of May 17th through the 19th. It'll be an action-packed three-day event at the David Lawrence Convention Center you don't want to miss. Text EXPO to the number 87222 right now to lock in your discounted tickets and to learn more. It's that easy, and you'll get exclusive access to check out new guns and gear, a free live fire range, reality-based training simulator, training, and much, much more. Plus, if you register right now, you'll also get your free responsibly armed American t-shirt made by Nine Line Apparel. It's a high-quality shirt with a limited edition design. But that ends very soon. Don't get left behind. Hurry and text EXPO to the number 87222 to get your tickets now. That's the word EXPO to the number 87222. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and Speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Have you tried digital marketing but don't know if it's getting you customers? Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is working and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. 
total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So Joe Biden officially kicked off his campaign today in Lawrenceville. And in case you didn't know it, Joe is middle class Joe. Today I want to speak about the second of these three, and that's rebuilding the backbone of America. And that is, we have time, uh, all my time in public life, since I've gotten involved, I've been referred to as middle-class Joe. It's not always meant as a compliment. It's usually that I'm not sophisticated. That's why I'm middle-class Joe. But the fact of the matter is, I'm awfully sophisticated about why, how, and who built this country. Let me say this simply and clearly, and I mean this. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge fund managers. It was built by you. It was built by the great American middle class. Hey, Joe. And so Joe's going to be selling himself as the man for the working man. Daniel Turner is the executive director of Power of the Future. He's not buying what Joe is selling. Daniel joins us now. Thanks for being here, Daniel. John, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So you're saying Joe uh, sold the people of Pittsburgh a bill of goods a few minutes ago? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and not just in the fact that he's, he's nothing middle-class Joe, but can, can we just point out the fact that he, he said something so insulting that if President Trump had said it, he'd get held to task? He said, they call me middle-class Joe because I'm not sophisticated. Boy, that's a really nice thing to say about the men and women who are considered working class in America. <laughs> yeah, They're not sophisticated. Bunch of rubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he is not middle class, Joe. Uh, he's going to try his hardest to remind everyone he's just a guy from Scranton. But we have to remember what administration he was part of. And, and the Obama administration targeted, quote-unquote, blue-collar people, especially coal miners, and really put them out of business. Yeah, so he talked about hard-working steel workers and coal miners today quite a bit. Why would a coal miner ever consider voting for this guy? Exactly. I mean, I mean even, even the, the, the union bosses may compel them to do some canvassing uh, and compel them, but the members... They're not going to re- forget who targeted them. Under the Obama administration, 50,000 coal miners uh, uh, approximately lost their job. And it's not because of any market force. It's not because of any change in how we generate electricity in America. It's because his administration targeted coal. The war on coal was real. They put regulations on it. They put a ton of EPA laws on it. And they made it so expensive that people stopped buying it. That was a deliberate action on his, on his administration's part. Well, I think Obama said at one point, uh, expect your electric bills to go up. Yeah, and, and he had no problem admitting that. He yeah. was getting millions of dollars, as I'm sure President, uh, Vice President Biden was hoping, millions of dollars from environmental groups um, that, that are supporting his campaign. Um, I'm curious to see where he stands on this Green New Deal. But coal workers, manufacturers, all the jobs that President Obama said were never coming back, I, I, when you look at this administration, what what magic wand did President Trump wave to use Obama's rules? Right. All, all 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 he did was he allowed the free market to operate. He didn't come up with any new policy about coal or about oil or gas or manufacturing. He just allowed free people to do what they do best. And and Biden has to be punished for what he did to rural America. Some of the greatest cities in the nation, uh, you know, that were thriving in happy communities. What's their number one problem now? Opioid epidemics. Mm-hmm. These are people who, who are suffering tremendously. Their houses are underwater. They lost their school funding. Whole communities were decimated in Appalachia, in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, because of the Obama-Biden administration. He cannot ask us to forget that. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, he, he, he kicked off his campaign here in Pittsburgh, but about uh, 45 or 50 miles south of here is Greene County. Uh, what happened to Greene County as a result of what uh, Obama and Joe did? Yeah, we, we highlighted Greene County as one of the many counties 
um, that were a, a coal dependent community where more than 50% of the in, of the uh, the revenue for that county was generated by the coal industry and Ge- green county is one of them uh, the, the war on coal came their co- coal mines were closed all in the name of the environment right all in the name of protecting the earth and fighting climate change and the result is schools that were closed populations dwindled because people left families were broken up and what what your listeners remember coal miners it's multi-generational industry right these are families long extended families that live in the same town they love their industry and their job and they're forced to relocate to find work families are broken up opioid epidemics skyrocket um, uh, mortgages go underwater all of this is, is not coincidental, and, and Biden, Obama and Biden should be held account. Hillary wanted to do the same thing, and she told people that in Pennsylvania, and look at the way Pennsylvania voted in 2016. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, it's interesting that Joe Biden is, I mean, would actually be on stage half an hour ago uh, and talking about coal mining. And, and, and he actually referenced uh, the hardworking steel workers and coal miners, and he said that's who built the country, not hedge fund guys, but, uh, you know, the, the blue-collar workers. And it's almost as though he's expecting people to forget. Now, he can get away with that in the primary, but he's not going to get away with it in the general election. Trump's not going to let him get away with that. No, and look at the amount of jobs that have returned to this country, these quote-unquote blue-collar jobs. Jobs that do not require expensive college degrees, right? Don't forget the Obama administration also pushed college, which means pushing student loan debt. The average salary in the oil and gas industry, for example, is is over $100,000. That's twice the national average of, of employment, right? These are jobs that require training. They're difficult. That's a lot of manual labor. Same with coal mining jobs. And what, what people like Biden forget, people who, who live in D.C., these folks want to do this for a living. They're proud of their work. Joe kept talking about dignity. There is no dignity in stealing someone's job for a political agenda and forcing their community to be destroyed, forcing their small towns to lose revenue, to lose businesses. The dignity that they stole from these men and women, that's why people turn to opioids. That's why rural former coal towns have huge opioid problems, because he did steal their dignity and he stole their hope. Daniel Turner is the executive director of Power of the Future, uh, and he uh, has he wrote an op-ed for the Fox uh, Fox dot com, I guess it was, right, uh, Daniel, about this about uh, Joe Biden. Um, and and what what's interesting to me is that um, the 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 he he is pounding this home as though he's the middle class guy. And what I'm going to be watching for is if anybody in the media catches him on this. I know you will and I will, but I'm talking about, you know, when he when they start slobbering all over him on CNN and MSNBC, are they going to remember this stuff about coal when he starts going off on, you know, how, how the coal industry and the steel industry built this country? You know, the media will absolutely give him a free pass because that's what every – Democrat who runs for office is guaranteed. They will never hold them to the same level of scrutiny as they will hold uh, the, the, the person on the right. But the, when you look at the jobs that have come back across the nation under this administration, again, I give the president a lot of credit for cutting regulation, but it's not like some new industry was invented. It's not like there was some um, um, a magnificent thing that happened in the marketplace. He just allowed free people to do what free people do best, which is work, invent, create. That is what built America. It's freedom. And and when you put all of these shackles of EPA regulation and government regulation, what the Obama administration did best, when you try to centralize everything, that destroys the economy. And I do think Pennsylvanians are going to remember that when it comes time to vote. Yeah, and the Green New Deal is being pushed by everybody. I, I don't, I don't know. If, I think Joe Biden actually has not signed on to that, and maybe even maybe actually dismissed it at some point. But um, if 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 you buy into the idea that you're saving the planet by killing the coal industry, and even if it costs uh, hundreds of thousands of jobs, it's not a bad idea. I mean, we're saving the planet, right? 
Exactly, and that's why I started this organization, Power the Future, because when you do something on behalf of the environment or to combat climate change, you are given a very wide berth because it's considered somehow noble, and no one really scrutinizes these radical environmentalists, groups that are funded by people like Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg that go to rural communities. They shut down their coal mines. They try to get injunctions to prevent them from doing oil and gas exploration. And they destroy entire communities, all in the name of fighting climate change or in the name of the environment. And it's a load of nonsense because I spend a lot of time with coal miners, and they will be the first ones to tell you they also love the earth because it's their earth. This is their land. This is their air and their water. They live near the coal mines. They raise their families near the coal mines. And to have a bunch of yahoos from Washington, D.C. or San Francisco bus in some college kids to bang on drums and saying, you guys don't love the earth, that is nonsense. They love the earth much more because it is their earth. Uh, Biden has been around a long time. Has he always been wrong on energy issues? He has been wrong. Biden has been in the Senate longer than I'm alive, and I am 44. So that's how long Biden has been around. That's why you are right. He has not signed on to the Green New Deal. But if his history repeats itself, he will ultimately pander for votes. And he has caved on every environmental issue, um, starting all the way back from the early on in his administration when they were trying to push cap and trade. I'm sure you and your, listener, your yeah. listeners remember that. Right. Um, Biden, Biden will always sign on to the most lefty, egregious environmental or energy issue because he is a panderer. And he, that's what politicians do best. He's been wrong on just about everything for 40 years. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and foreign policy, yeah. he is completely wrong on. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's been wrong on defense issues. Uh, yes, we would still have the Soviet Union if Joe Biden had his way in the foreign policy committee. <laughs> right. Now, um, I'm I'm told by um, Alexandria overrated Cortez that we only have 12 years to live if, if we don't listen to her. So how can Joe not be in favor of, of completely eliminating coal, gas, oil, all the fossil fuels if he can assign on to the Green New Deal? And, and exactly. he's got a problem, doesn't he? He does. And, and one small correction, she made that statement about four months ago. So technically we have 11 years and eight months <laughs> yeah, left to live. Yeah, uh, who's counting? Um, I know. The count, it, it really is horrifying when you think about how much time we have left on this earth. Um, but again, this is when you allow children to make political decisions. And they are political children. A lot of the left is political children. These are feel-good pieces of legislation. The Green New Deal is a nonsensical, childish piece of legislation. But the consequences are real. And I am sure that people in the Obama administration thought it felt good to put an end to coal because they think it's quote-unquote dirty and they think it pollutes. But no one went to rural Pennsylvania and talked to those families who were now unemployed and whose kids were leaving because they had to find work. No one went to those families and talked about how they paid the mortgage. They promised these green jobs were going to come and none of them showed up. And so that is why you can probably hear the frustration and anger in my voice. That is why I'm angry at Joe Biden because he will make the same nonsense promises, but in the process, real people, the people he claims to care about, they're the ones who will suffer. I got a little over a minute left here, and I'm up against a hard break. Uh, we're talking to uh, Daniel Turner. He's the executive director of Power the Future. Uh, is there a, a lesser of two evils among this group that's out there so far for the Democrats? I mean, could Joe Biden even qualify as that, despite what you've just no, said about I think when it, on these issues in particular, energy and environmental, of all of the 20 declared candidates, the most reasonable is the former governor of Colorado, John Hickenlooper. Um, who presided over a state, Colorado, that saw a tremendous amount of oil and gas exploration and growth, as well as coal. Um, he, is, he is a liberal. He is a lefty. Um, but he, is, he has a reasonable approach to the energy issues. But the rest of them have all signed on to this, and Joe Biden will too, because he needs that young AOC crowd to back him. He's got to pull it away from Bernie, and you can count on Joe to pander. Hey, uh, Daniel, I appreciate you being on with us. Thanks. We'll have you again. Thank you so much. Okay, we're out of time with Joe. We'll be back. I mean, with Daniel, we'll be back. We're going to talk about the minimum wage, another subject that came up from Joe Biden today. And he's an idiot on that one, too. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Federal authorities in California have arrested a man whom they allege was actively planning bomb attacks in Southern California. In custody is Mark Stephen Domingo, arrested for planning numerous bomb attacks in the greater Los Angeles area, specifically to attack a so-called white nationalist rally Sunday in Long Beach, an event that never took place. Authorities cite evidence from their investigation that the former U.S. infantryman who served in Afghanistan had planned to attack, in his words to an FBI informant, Jews, churches, and police officers throughout the L.A. area. He was arrested Friday. He was claiming to try to avenge the New Zealand mosque attacks. George Bonzani reporting. The woman who was shot and killed at a synagogue in Poway, California, was laid to rest today. Three others were wounded in that attack. On Wall Street, the up by 11 points. The Nasdaq rose 16. The S&P advanced 3. This is SRN News. If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Jay Sekulow sees a pattern to Islamic terrorism. We've seen this escalation in jihadist attacks targeting what I call sacred dates, holidays, and sacred places. Christians are routinely the target of Islamic extremists, and it's not uncommon for these attacks to take place at places of worship during major Christian religious holidays. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, on AM 1250. The answer. Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text HUNT to 555-888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-HUNT for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation and a Free Retirement Income Report. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to SelectQuote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Healthy pets. Healthy people focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. In traffic, we've got the answer. Plenty of volume delays out there. If you're outbound on the Parkway North, that slows down as you approach 79. Parkway West, that is heavy on the outbound side. Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Parkway East, some delays outbound. You're stacked up Boulevard, the Allies, to Edgewood, Swissvale. Inbound from Edgewood, Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Also seeing some slowdowns outbound 79 from the Parkway North up to 910. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
We'll have a couple of showers and thunderstorms around the area this evening. A leftover shower later tonight, low 57. Tomorrow and tomorrow night, variably cloudy. A shower or thunderstorm on one or two occasions. High tomorrow, 66. Low tomorrow night, 60. Much warmer on Wednesday with clouds, breaks of sun, and a shower or thunderstorm. The high, 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Jack Hubbard. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Joe Biden was in town today, and he wants to be president, and he'd like to see a $15 minimum wage. Uh, every other Democratic candidate, uh, and just about everybody in the Democratic Party, seems to be in favor of that. But is it a good idea? Well, CNBC had a survey done by a company called Harry, H-A-R-R-I. It surveyed a ton of restaurants, uh, and 71% of them raised prices Sixty-four on their menu. 64% said they reduced employees' hours, and 43% said they eliminated jobs. Rachel Gressler is a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation who focuses on labor policies. She joins us now. Rachel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, John. And I'm guessing those numbers I just read don't surprise you. Not at all. When you talk about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour for some restaurants, for other companies that employ minimum wage workers, that's nearly a doubling of the minimum wage. And so if a family's rent were to increase, you know, to double over a year or two, what do you think would happen? You can't just afford to keep paying those higher prices and so something's got to give. And as you noted there, they're going to raise prices on customers. They're going to reduce hours for current employees. They're going to reduce benefits. And then they're going to cut jobs entirely. And so instead of helping lower-income workers, you're actually hurting them by taking a job away that they otherwise would have had. And you know that the Democrats are not going to stop promising a $15 an-hour minimum wage. They're just not. No. It's been a goal for quite a long time, and no matter what the economic studies say time and time again, that is not going to help workers. It's actually going to cut off the bottom rung and prevent people from having an opportunity to get a first job, to get their foot in the door, to gain experience so that they can have a higher income. You know, it's going to have the negative effect, the reverse of that, and cut things off for people. It's not something that's going to hurt their targeted population. You know, I think they're looking at single mothers who are trying to make ends meet, single mothers aren't earning the minimum wage. It's predominantly suburban teenagers who are in part-time jobs. But nevertheless, they keep pushing because this notion of a living wage and earning $15 per hour gets popular support. Has raising the minimum wage ever not caused the loss of jobs? Not that I know of, no. I mean, you just can't. When you talk about it, it's a price increase for businesses and a lot of these businesses that employ minimum wage workers are operating on really small profit margins. And so you know, talk about a restaurant. Maybe they have 10 minimum wage workers. You max, you increase their minimum wage to $15 per hour. Well, what's that work out to? That's another $170,000 per year, but profit margins are pretty low in restaurants. So say they have a 5% profit margin, they have to increase their sales by $3.5 million or an extra $10,000 a day in order to cover that increase. That's a lot of Big Macs or Happy Meals that yeah. you've got to sell for $10,000 a day. You know, it's just, you can't you can't deal with that doubling, or even if it's a 30% increase, whatever we're talking about, the restaurants and the other businesses that employ low-wage workers can't handle that without having some really negative impact, not only for workers, but also for consumers. And a lot of the consumers that come to grocery stores, restaurants, Walmart, Targets, they're also the low-wage workers. And so they might be the people that lost their job, and now, and now on top of that, they also have to pay higher prices for yeah. the things that they purchase. And, and it's interesting. So this really just ends up... Go ahead. I was just to say, it comes back, and it hurts, it hurts the people you're trying to help. If you want to talk about trying to help these people, look at ways that you can increase opportunities instead of take them away. You know, start earlier on. What are we, what's wrong with the education system? How are we penalizing work instead of encouraging it? And it, Those types of things. What's amazing to me is that it's such a stupid uh, idea that it's, it would seem to be so obvious that if, if it made sense for the government to just run around and tell people how much uh, – tell uh, employers how much they were going to pay their employees, then nobody would ever be unhappy with how much they were making. And uh, every politician would be in favor of, of raising the minimum wage to fifty dollars an hour. Just why stop at fifteen? It, it it seems to mm-hmm. me it's like such an easy thing to understand that it doesn't work. 
Right, and you can see it. I mean, when our county that I live in said we're going to a $15 minimum wage, almost instantaneously I saw the machine in McDonald's that I have to place my order from now instead of having a person there. And yep. so, you know, on the one hand, the Democrats don't want our to talk about automation coming and they're worried about workers losing their jobs and yet they're pushing that to come faster than it otherwise would through these policies. Yeah, I, I saw a promo for, I didn't actually see the story, but it, I thought about it, so I think it was last week or so, um, there was a promo on one of the local news stations for a, a news piece that was coming up about Giant Eagle, which is a huge employer here, and it's basically they it has a monopoly on the on the supermarket business here in Western Pennsylvania. There are some others, but it's pretty much controls the grocery business. And it was a story about how wonderful it was that Giant Eagle was uh, uh, looking at uh, robots that could stock shelves. And I thought of it mm-hmm. again. I thought of it again just the other day when I was in the Giant Eagle and. I looked and there were, uh, uh, I used to work there when I was a kid a million years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I packed groceries and there was a human being there at the cash register. uh, And they were good paying jobs. And I looked and there were, if there were 10 cash registers or 10, um, you know, out lines to check out, seven of them were um, self-checkouts. And does anybody Mm -hmm. ever, so if, if they told Giant Eagle that they had to raise their price, their wages i think they're about 10 bucks an hour to 15 then there just be there would be two cashiers there instead of three every day right and that's what we're seeing is fewer young people are participating in the labor force and that's only going to take that further along you know having a job at a Giant Eagle or a restaurant fast food that's a great experience. It allows young workers to earn money so that they can save for college. That's something that we don't want to take away, but that's what this would do. And essentially a $15 minimum wage says any job that produces less than $35,000 per year is not worth having. And we're going to just cut those off completely. And then you can see where this is going towards the universal basic income provision from the government. And I don't know uh, if you have the numbers on the number of people who actually are working at minimum wage jobs and how many people who are working at those jobs have that as a job to support a family. Oh, it's tiny. I mean, only 4% of hourly workers are working at a minimum wage and hourly workers are already a subset of that. And I think close to 93% of all who are working at the minimum wage are part-time workers. And so they're clearly not supporting a family. So we're talking about a tiny fraction here. And moreover, you know, only one out of every eight workers who's at the minimum wage is actually in that job for more than a year. For the most part, these are like high turnover jobs. It's teenagers. It's not people supporting a family. A minimum wage job is not a career. It is a stepping stone to a career. We're talking to Rachel Gressler. She's a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation who focuses on labor policies, talking about the minimum wage. Uh, and, and what you just said there about uh, those numbers, about the number of people who are actually affected by what the minimum wage is, um, it, it, seems, it, it, it seems like kind of a cynical thing for the Democrats to be constantly a whining about how if we don't raise the minimum wage that there are going to be just thousands of millions of people who are starving and can't afford to, uh, their electric bill and have to make a choice between you know medicine and electricity. You hear all those things, and it's just not. It, there just aren't that many people who are affected by it, are there? No, there just aren't. It is a tiny, tiny fraction of the population to begin with that earns the minimum wage, and of those who are providing for their families, it's even smaller. And Seattle, it's just not something. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I just say it's not something that's going to help lower-income families. There are better ways that you can address the issues there. Um, but cutting off opportunities does the exact opposite of trying to help them. Yeah, I want to get to that in a minute. But uh, you wrote about Seattle. They were proud to raise the minimum wage to $13 an hour not too long ago. How's that working out? <laughs> not working out so well there either. So they actually raised it to 15 but it's on a, a gradual path oh, okay. to get there. and. What they've found is that there's been a tiny little increase um, in the incomes of minimum wage workers, but that's predominantly been caused by the minimum wage workers who have lower skills have had to go outside the city limits of Seattle and find additional hours or additional jobs outside. And so it's pushed the people who were on the lower experience level out of jobs. You know, employers held on to all those people that had more experience at the higher wage 
but it didn't help anyone in the long run. You had a tiny little increase in overall income, but that was just because of more hours being worked. And we're talking about a city that's high income. It, it can handle this, and they haven't even gotten to the full $15 minimum wage yet. If you talk about smaller rural areas and you know your neighborhood grocery shop or restaurant, they simply can't sustain this. And so not only is it going to put out jobs, but it can shutter those doors completely. There's a website, Faces the 15, that documents over 150 small employers and the consequences that rising minimum wages have brought to them. Wow. Uh, You also wrote about some former Obama administration officials who don't agree with the Democrats who are uh, running for president and running around uh, demanding a $15 minimum wage. Yeah, I mean, Princeton economist Alan Kruger, who was on President President Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, said that, quote, a $15 per hour national minimum wage would put us in uncharted waters and risk undesirable and unintended consequences. This seems like a risk not worth taking. And then again, Harry Holzer from Brookings and Urban Institute stressed that these are really risky moves in, in job markets where young and less educated workers already have a difficult time finding jobs. These mandates would make it all the harder, and they would particularly impact immigrants who aren't able to speak English. So it's it's not just the conservatives, the right wing, that's trying to say a minimum wage is bad. It's across the board. Economists recognize this, but I think a lot of the impetus for a minimum wage is coming from the SEIU Employees Union, and they're not work, looking out for their workers. They're looking out for their own bottom line because if the wages of their employees doubles, therefore the fees that they collect doubles as well because it's a portion of their wages. So this is not something that is a movement to actually help workers. It's a movement, I think, to fund the unions and to appeal to the populace. Get votes. It, it, it just seems like yeah. the only only people who would appear to have a brain and also be for... Uh, raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars are people who are looking for votes. I mean, I, I, exactly. Because anybody- you can't be for a minimum wage and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna do this," and you know, one out of every four of you low wage workers is going to lose a job. But hey, the other three of you, you're going to have a lot higher wage. Isn't that great? Yeah, and and yeah. the thing is, if if, I, if you and I were running for president, running against each other, if you're standing there saying, "I, I want a fifteen dollar minimum wage." I'm put in the position, if I know that that's a bad idea, but I know that the populace is not educated to that, and I say I'm against a $15 minimum wage, it's because I'm I'm in favor of greedy corporations who don't want to pay a fair wage. And that's the way it's portrayed. Yes, and that's what's so difficult about this issue. And you talk about women's pay or paid yeah. family leave. It's, it's not that those who are don't want these things are against those issues or against higher wages or equal wages or paid family leave. They want those things, but they don't want the government to mandate it because they know that there are extreme consequences that come when it's a mandate instead of the free market working and providing those things on their own. Is there anything the government can do to actually create more high-paying jobs? I mean, for the most part, it's, it's stepping out away and letting businesses grow, reducing regulations at the state and local level, you know, all these licensure laws that make it so that people have to go out and spend a lot of money and give up a year of their lives to learn how to do something they already know how to do, like cut hair um, or all types of jobs. You know, I think a third of the workforce now requires a license. Uh, So there's that. There's just reducing regulations on businesses so that they can free up their resources and provide higher wages, more benefits that workers want, provide training to them. Um, There are things in the education area, whether it's starting at high school or college, where they can educate um, students earlier on about what their options are so that not everybody thinks it's either stop at high school or get a four-year degree. I mean, there are many opportunities out there, but unfortunately, the government tends to get in the way instead of helping when it comes to a lot of these issues about creating better opportunities, better incomes for workers. Well, there are a lot of people out there uh, promising to get in the way <laughs> right now. Yep. And if, if, if they win, they're going to get in the way, and uh, they're going to get their way, too, aren't they? They are. Yeah, oh boy. I mean, it's scary some of the things that could happen. Well, Rachel, I appreciate you being here and clearing that up. And uh, Joe Biden, uh, he was all over it today. He wants that. He's already said that he wants the $15 minimum wage. And the crowd, of course, cheered and thought it was wonderful. So that's what we're dealing with. Yep. <laughs>
Thanks for being and here. And a pony for everyone, too. Oh, yeah. Yep, thank Two you, chickens in every pot. Thanks, Rachel. Bye-bye. We'll, all right. And we'll be right back. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of tax Taxes? Did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Steigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties entity. Hey there, gun lovers. Here's an exciting opportunity to celebrate your Second Amendment freedoms at the number one destination for American gun owners. It only happens once a year, so don't miss out. This is your chance to claim your discounted tickets to the Concealed Carry Expo coming to Pittsburgh the weekend of May 17th through the 19th. It'll be an action-packed three-day event at the David Lawrence Convention Center you don't want to miss. Text EXPO to the number 87222 right now to lock in your discounted tickets and to learn more. It's that easy, and you'll get exclusive access to check out new guns and gear, a free live fire range, reality-based training simulator, training, and much, much more. Plus, if you register right now, you'll also get your free responsibly armed American t-shirt made by Nine Line Apparel. It's a high-quality shirt with a limited edition design. But that ends very soon. Don't get left behind. Hurry and text EXPO to the number 87222 to get your tickets now. That's the word EXPO to the number 87222. If you take a look around your hometown, you might notice that there seems to be a mattress store on every corner, each with a different sale every weekend. Where do you start? And how do you know if you're actually getting a good value? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, what you see is what you get. You'll find our hand-built, high-quality mattresses at the same great price every day. Stop by one of our local factories or stores to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference. Great beds, no bull. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Yes, and uh, speaking of toxic masculinity, Joe Biden uh, pretty much accused himself of toxic masculinity and the other old white men uh, in the Senate who were uh, presiding over the hearing for Clarence Thomas and his appointment to the Supreme Court and the whole Anita Hill story. And he went on TV, and I, I can guarantee you he's going to be doing this a lot. He's going to be apologizing for the way he treated Anita Hill and saying he regrets not giving her more fair hearing and she believed he believed her. Well, Molly Hemingway wrote a good piece at The Federalist today, uh, and uh, she 
found in, in Arlen Specter wrote a book. The former senator, the late Arlen Specter, wrote a book, and he interviewed Joe Biden for it. And uh, Joe Biden basically told uh, Arlen Specter that he believed that Anita Hill was lying, uh, and it's right there in the book. Um, and this is, what he said on TV the other day was, to this day, I regret I couldn't come up with a way to give her the kind of hearing she deserved. I wish I could have done something. But uh, it, according to Molly Hemingway's piece, there's all kinds of evidence that Anita Hill probably was not telling the truth, including the fact that 13 other women all said or testified that Clarence Thomas did not and never would do the awful things of which Hill accused him. And this is from uh, this is from Specter's book. And and uh, Joe Biden, he recessed the committee hearing and went and talked to Arlen Specter, who was criticized for being too tough on Anita Hill in his questioning. And Joe Biden, according to Specter, uh, said to Specter that uh, he was going to um, follow the same line of questioning because he believed that she was lying. That's what he was saying back in whatever this, whenever Specter wrote his book. But this happened in what 1991 was the hearing. So Joe Biden uh, is going to be, uh, I don't know, just beating himself up over the next uh, several months about how he treated Anita Hill because he's going to say, of course, that the evil white men took care of a, a woman of, or didn't take care of a woman of color, abused a woman of color who was only speaking the truth when, in fact, he thought she was lying. Just thought I'd tell you that, just so you know. And, if Joe, if you're listening on your way to the airport, I'm just throwing that out there. You can do with it what you want. One other quick thing. We had the story about the Canadian father who was being charged with um, family violence for not referring to his daughter, uh, for referring to his daughter as her or she, because she wants to be a boy. Well, the Supreme Court there has issued in Beaver, uh, Beaver County, uh, British Columbia, uh, a, a, a heavy-handed protection order, and it says that the father will henceforth be subject to arrest immediately and without warrant if any police officer, a police officer has a reasonable grounds to believe that he has in any way referred to his daughter as a girl in public or private. This is what is happening in British Columbia. That's Canada. That's pretty close to here, and it's pretty scary. Police... The police are going to be called if he refers to his daughter as her or she. I'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.